All right, well, you know, Bo, in Moto2, we had one of the world championships still to be decided, and I was I was geared up for this race. I really wondered what was going to happen. Both Raul Fernandez and Remy Gardner are good at this track. I wondered how it was going to play out, and honestly, it played out exactly how I had hoped, which was them going head-to-head, and... For the seventh time this year, KTMIO finished one-two, uh, and Remy. But Remy Gardner took it to Raul Fernandez, and won the race, and put one hand on that world championship trophy. I mean, Raul Fernandez finished second, and you know we have to mention Sam Lowe's finishing third because the last time they were there, he crashed out on the first lap. Um, but Remy Gardner, that is another moment that he could have really crumbled and got nervous, but he came good, especially after that crash with, you know, uh, Marcos Ramirez, Marco Ramirez. Um, and he hurt himself. He had some bruising on the ribs and stuff. And, and man, what a race. I just, I was so impressed. Like that, that is a world champion race right there. That's what you do, you know? And, you know, he, he went with the hard tire, which is what he wanted to do in Misano, and they talked him out of it. But good for Remy. He did his thing, and that was this is exactly what he needed to do this week. Yeah, I, I, I can't echo that anymore. I mean, Remy Garner is just, he was lights out this weekend. This Portimount track is really special to him. I mean, he got a, a really huge win uh, last year, um, you know, and then he got another win at the end of this year. Um, and this was a big staple for the championship. You know, he's 23 points ahead of Raul Fernandez now. Um, and Raul Fernandez is probably lucky he didn't have two laps left because Sam Lowe's was coming. And, and Sam oh, Lowe's Sam Lowe's would have would have won that championship for Remy for sure. But And I know. saw them talking about it after the race. Like, he told, he told Remy, I was so close. <laughs> if you go back and watch the end of it, they were talking about it, but, you know. But, yeah, and, and yeah, Raul Fernandez, though – to to know that you have that pressure on you that if you don't you know you've got to finish second you have to finish second you're watching your times come down in your pit board to not get flustered to not override the bike because you know you don't have the tire left to to keep it within yourself and still maintain the pace that you know you need to have to have to come home in second place it's really a class ride for him but not to take anything away from Remy Gardner at all because like you'd said I mean, he was just, he was, uh, it was his race and, and he knew it was his race. He wanted it. He, he went out and he did his thing and he didn't get in a rush. He was patient. He, he, he just, I mean, it was professional. It was an absolutely professional ride from Remy yeah. Gardner, a championship ride. And uh, I mean, to me, I, I, I hope that he wins this championship. Um, and, and I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do next year in MotoGP to learn and to, to really take the fight to some of those guys. Hundred percent, and you know, I want to talk about Remy for a minute. You know, when Bezeki was going well early because he and Fernandez were both on that softer rear tire, um, and they kept talking about it. They're like, "Well, after six or seven laps, they're expecting it to drop off." And then at about twelve laps is really where it started to drop off for Raúl, uh, which is a testament to him on how well he manages a tire, but. I mean, to, to get passed by Bezeki and just to be cool-headed and say, listen, I believe in the process. 
I know these guys are going to come back to me. That's why I put this harder tire on. Just don't do anything silly. Don't lose a ton of time. And then he got back by Bezecchi, who, by the way, faded immeasurably. That was crazy how far he faded back. But he got back by him, and then you just saw that all of a sudden he was taking four-tenths, you know, a lap out of, out of Raul. And uh, and at that point, Raul was just a sitting duck. Um and there was nothing he could do. And he knew it. That's why I think he didn't make any crazy attempts to get back by. You know, he knew that he would put himself at a lot of risk to do that. Um, but good on Remy for, like you said, a professional ride there. That was everything about that was the, the choice of tire when so many people went with the soft. The choice of tire to not panic when Raul got out front with the soft tire and, and then just to, to go and win the race and it couldn't have been a bigger situation to go and win the race and put one hand on that trophy. That's, that's big time. And I'm sure KTM are super happy that they've got these two guys in MotoGP next year. I, I think they couldn't be happier, but uh, you know, Sam Lowe's finishing in third, that was a great run by Sam Lowe's. And to your point, he really did almost catch roll. He cut three seconds off in the last four laps. Um, almost three seconds. And it was, I thought, wow, one more lap, Sam's got him. And, uh, it was, it was lucky for Raul that he didn't, but you know, overall just a great run for Sam and good to see him on the podium really, really is. And, and I, I'm happy because, you know, I think Sam Lowe's when, when he's going well, the racing in Moto2 is better because, you know, there's, there's an actual race there and, I think he has to be a favorite for the championship next year. Again, let's just hope he can have more consistency through the year and and maybe bring one home. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, you know, I've said it a couple times this season, you know, wondering if the if the uh, light's fading for Sam Lowe's, if he needs to hang it up. We saw quite a few crashes. Some things kind of got dark. We saw the old Sam Lowe's come out whenever he had a lot of get-offs, a, lot, a few DNFs, but, um, you know, once again, same as some of the guys in Moto Three, in this end of season form, is it, it's there. So uh, you know, keep the momentum, and and just keep working and and keep bringing it home. And let's see if you know if a championship might be possible next year. Absolutely. Well, you know, we we got to mention you know Aaron Canet finishing fourth, which was great. Just barely tipped Cam Bobier. Cam Bobier on a track that he knows doing some good things he qualified well which was of the utmost important but this is this is a big deal to me because this gives me hope for next year that cam knows these tracks now and so now he can get out there and just do what he needs to do rather than trying to learn the track absolutely and and, you know we we talked about this briefly yesterday you know um qualifying has been an issue for Cambobier all year. Well, Cambobier started this race in P6, and we see that when Cambobier doesn't have to fight his way through traffic and roast a tire in the first 10 to 15 laps of a race, if he can manage his race and manage his tire through that by running with the front runners from the get-go, he's going to be there at the end of the race. And I mean, a podium is right there for Cambobier, in my opinion. It, it It's so close that I think he's certainly, certainly going to see a podium next year if he can continue this four-man. Like you said, he knows the tracks. 
He knows the you know the the characteristics of these tires now. He knows the bike now. I mean, Cam Bobier is a force, and all he the the entire package has been being has been being being built by this American racing team all season long, and qualifying has been the toughest piece to put into that puzzle. But I think that they're really really getting close to figuring that out and finding that speed and finding those that the deepest point of these brake markers when Cam Cambobia can really push that bike into the next level and, and get those extra hundredths and those extra tenths that are going to need because we know how tight this class is but this is a really exciting exciting finish for for us as Americans simply because you know SDK is going to be in that garage right beside him next year SDK is yep. a bit younger you know he's a bit more um raw i guess you know is what i would say because he doesn't have as refined of a of a of a skill set yet as cambobie does cambobie has got a lot more experience on a bike than sdk does um he's just so, older he's eight years older right right seven yeah, years so older, that's yeah. what i mean you know cam's been around a bit longer so he's got you know he yep. he knows some of these situations you know some of the pressures the mental uh hurdles um and obstacles that he's going to have to work through so i'm really hoping that sdk can sponge off of that. Cambobia can mentor him in that pat in that garage. John Hopkins is going to be there as well. So I mean, it's a really exciting time for Americans. I think in this Moto Two class. Yeah, I do. I'm excited. We have three Americans in Moto Two next year. Um, Joe's got to have a bounce back year next year. I think he's going to need to find himself a ride back over here. Um, he's got to do better. That's that's for sure. But. You know, that's really all I had for Moto2. The the championship goes on to Ricardo Tormo. Um, and I think, you know, I was super pleased with Remy. I was super pleased with Cam. And, you know, a shout-out to Jorge Navarro, who looks to be coming good, and Celestino Videtti. Again, yeah, two guys in the second half. Celestino Videtti, yeah. um, definitely. I mean, he second half of the-, the year, that guy's been on fire. Yeah. I mean, Celestino Vietti started this race in 14th and worked his way up to uh, sixth. So, yeah, I mean, that's a class ride from him and beat his teammate. Absolutely, you know, caught, yeah, he sure caught did. Betsecki and passed him. So that 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 bears mentioning. I think. I think I think he's a contender next year. I I really do. I think you know Lowe's and Vietti have to be at the forefront of everybody's mind, along with Augusto Fernandez uh, moving to KTMIO. Um, I think those three guys have got to be at the top of the list for contenders for the world championship. Oh yeah. It's going to be I, next year is going to be so exciting in moto two. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about moto GP. Um, moto GP. We saw, uh, Peco Bagnaya. I mean, let me think of the word. What is it? Oh yeah. Dominate. Um, he dominated it. He, he ran, he just ran a great race. I, I, this guy is so impressive to me now. You know, he was shaky his first year out there. I think there were a number of things that were bothering him about the bike his first year, things that he wasn't figuring out, be it the use of the rear brake um, or the electronics. There was something that he just wasn't comfortable with, and he just wasn't getting the results. And we saw, though, uh, last year he started to figure it out a little bit. I mean, you know, he would have... He would have done a lot better. He had a mechanical that knocked him off the podium. He he did, but he really figured it out. And this year, it took about half the year. Everybody wondering, will Pecco get off the schneid? Will Pecco do it? But he broke the dam, won that first race, 
And now MotoGP better watch itself. Because this guy on a Ducati reminds me a little bit of another man that was riding a Ducati not too terribly long ago. Well, I guess it is now. But the 2007 world champion in Casey Stoner looked a lot like this. Get out front and dominate. And uh, all credit to Francesco Bagnaia for winning this race. Joan Mir, first qualifying session where he has been on the front row ever for him in MotoGP, finishes second, and Jack Miller finishing third. So I'll let you take it from there because I've said my piece about Francesco. Um, I think Francesco is is the one to watch. I'm I'm 100% impressed with Banya. I'm not sure if it was uh, you that I had texted or was texting back and forth with, and I said, Pecco's going to be a world champion one day. And I, I made that same comment to, uh, mm-hmm. to Ange. I, I said, he's going to win a world uh, MotoGP championship. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he definitely will. Oh, my goodness. He, he's he's terribly strong, I mean, and, and he's undaunted on the bike. No, We saw Marquez threw every move at him that he could and, and Aragon. Peko Banyai does not care. Peko Banyai knows where he wants to put the bike, when he wants to put the bike there. He does it. He doesn't care about big reputations. He doesn't care how many championships you've won. He's hungry. He wants to go out and he wants to win. And he is all business on the back of the bike. And and to me, it's it's intimidating um, when to see him on the bike. You know, you see him in the pits, and he seems really easy going. And you know, really laid back, but uh, I mean, as soon as his helmet goes on, he's a different person. Yeah, no, he's a killer. I I think he's a killer. I I, I think, I you know, they mentioned that Quartararo really had mentioned that he really wants to have a, a fight with Bagnaya, like a last lap battle. You know what I mean? I and, think uh, that uh, I think I'd be careful what you wish for <laughs> if I'm Fabio Quartararo. I honestly think that uh, if hey, I man, if that's I, the world champion, dude, oh, you can't tell him anything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I will say, you know, uh, uh, moving down to Joanne Mir, um, this this had to be a really good finish for Joanne Mir. Jo- this been, this has been a year that I've been uh, disappointed in Joanne Mir a bit. Um, you know, agreed. You know, not really being able to defend that title at all. Um, the qualifying has been an issue. Obviously, uh, the bike. We, there's definitely some bike issues. At Suzuki. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it's, really it's what not it comes all down to. I don't, th- and I don't think yeah. that the bike, the bike is obviously not bad. You know what I mean? The bike obviously what is a world championship winning bike because Joanne Mir was able to do it last year. Right. It's not it, a it's Honda. What kind of that, level right. of development though has Suzuki been able to make compared to the other manufacturers? You know, because, um, you know, Ducati's made a couple steps forward with certain things. Uh, you know, maybe refining the the whole shot devices the the squat devices, all, all the tech stuff, you know, that, um, that they work on and they kind of pioneer, you know, and, and, uh, sure. who, you know, Yamaha may have taken some steps forward in their brake department, you know, and they've got more front end feel this year. Um, and then the Honda is just kind of going out there and, and doing whatever it can, you know, doing its best. Um, so, you know, the, the Suzuki, I think just hasn't made as big a step forward as some of the other manufacturers have. Um, and, and I think that showed, but it's obvious that it's not a, um, like you'd said, it's, it's not a Honda. It's not a terribly underperforming motorcycle. It's just not um, quite up to the par that, that it needs to be at at the moment. So uh, this test after Valencia and then even the Jerez test this year, these are going to be really important for them to look at new parts, look at new uh, new electronic uh, pack, uh, new electronic developments possibly, 
tuning the ones that they do have a little bit more and just kind of finding those extra hundreds out of the bike. And, and I think they'll be able to do it, but I do think they need to start looking for um, a, a stable mate for Joanne Mir at some point. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, Renz is going to have to have one great year to keep that seat. I really believe that. I, I just, I, I don't even see how he can do it. But you know what? Maybe Renz goes out and wins the world championship. And then we're like, well, you know, he should have been there the whole time. We're, you know, as, as observers from afar, we're fickle. And we'll see. We'll see what happens with Alex Renz. But you're right. He's got to perform. You, now... You you do know realize that you're gonna we we need to take historical data which you like to do and then base our assumptions on that. Oh, that's why I said we're fickle because as soon as he turns it around, you know, then we you know if he does, then we're like, oh yeah, he deserves that seat. But it, it's you have to. But to your point about historical data, you got to go off the race wins, and I and I truly believe that you are what your record says you are. In every sport, be it team or individual, you are what your record says you are, and. You know, Alex Renz isn't isn't great in MotoGP right now. He's not great. Um, but you know, you know who is great? Francesco Bagnaia. Without a doubt. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I think you take away here. It, it was. It, I I had some interesting thoughts. You take away that unlucky fall at Misano, where it, I I don't care if people say we say it's unlucky. I think that was unlucky. I I know he crashed, so you kind of say, well, he choked. Um, but take that away and this championship all of a sudden got a lot tighter, uh, because, you know, the next race Fabio crashed out and, and then now he's won again. I mean, it, this would be going down, I think, to Ricardo Torma. It's still been tough to win, but I, he would have pushed Fabio for sure. So he would have had the momentum. Absolutely. But, and, and I, it would have been, the, it would have been think... a Costa Fagia kind of deal, right? Like yeah. that's what it would have been. Yeah. I don't and, think that, uh, uh, I, I think the term choke is very unfair. Um, and, and it's very inaccurate actually. Um, you know, we talked well, about it last week. There was some, the weather changed, you know, if anyone, if anyone knew what he should have done, it was Valentino Rossi because he was trying to convince him not to use that hard tire. And, um, you know, Peko Bagnaia in that race, Peko Bagnaia was doing exactly what he wanted to do. He had, ga- you know, we talked about it. He had gapped Marquez. He had put the space mm-hmm. between him that he needed. And then the weather had changed on the backside of that track and the wind picked up, cooled the tire. And every single, how many crashes were at that there same turn all weekend long? So it was, there you know, and, and every single one of them. And, and, and what I love about, you know, the comments that people make, well, he choked. Well, why don't you look at the rest of the weekend, look at how many people crashed, and then tell me that they choked, that they were choked. No, there was clearly an environmental issue with tire and then also the temperature and people that were testing that tire. And well, that he, but he did choose the wrong tire. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the people that yeah. were on the soft tire didn't have it. So really, it was an environmental change. But, you know, it's still his fault. He still chose. And right, listen, right. do you think Rossi talked to him about that at the rider, the ranch? Because if that was Rossi, you know what I would have been saying. I'm like, hey, uh, Pekka, what are you putting on the front of your bike there? Is that a hard tire? You jackass. Oops, sorry, guys. Uh, but anyway, that's what I would have done because that's what it is. But Rossi was right. Um, I think, I you know what, though, about Francesco Bagnaia not taking Rossi's advice? That lets me know he's his own man. You know what I mean? That lets yeah, me know yeah, that he, he is he he's going to make his own decisions and he's going to live with those decisions. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't pout about it. He went over yep. and shook Fabio's hand, 
and then went out the next race and beat Fabio, and then went out this race and beat him again. And if you don't think that Fabio notices that right now, if you didn't watch him after the race when he was debriefing, then you're not paying attention because he surely did. And it wasn't close. He can't stay with Bagnaya at all. Now, at Portimao, that long straight makes a huge difference. Yeah, you know, that, that, that come, yeah. I mean, the Ducati's legs are just long and they are, it is a fast bike. So, okay. But in truth, there was nothing that I think Fabio could have done. He, you know, he, he couldn't get past the, he couldn't get past those Ducatis. So, and they're not the fast Ducati right now. If he couldn't get past those guys, there's no chance he gets past Bagnaya. So next year, I'm excited to see what Bagnaya can do because it is a new year and he could have bad luck like Aminio. He could, he could blow it out of the water. But, you know, we'll see. Now, Jack Miller finished in third, though. Let's talk about Jack Miller for a second. I like Jack Miller. I really do. Is yeah, Jack Miller going to be a world champion watch. in MotoGP? Pardon? What was that question? I'm sorry. Is, 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 where's the question music? Is Jack Miller going to be a champion in MotoGP, a world champion? What do you think? Well, I don't think, think Bo so. Quit. <laughs> Gosh, Bo, those dramatic pauses. You're getting me with it. I'm like, well, everybody, Bo's gone. <laughs> no, I I, uh, I don't think so. If you, I mean, you put me on the spot like that. You know, I, I really don't see it. Um, I don't either. We don't see what we see from Bagnaya, right? We don't see that with Miller. Yeah, exactly. And that, and so that's what I'm. That those are the people I'm looking at. I'm looking at a Fabio Quartararo. I'm looking at, mm-hmm. at what Pecco Benya is doing right now. I'm looking at Joanne Mir, and and the one thing that uh, the the difference that I see with Jack Miller is the inconsistency. It's not the speed. It's not the uh, the heart to win. It's not the desire to win. It's not the talent to be able to fight. It's the consistency and being able to bring the bike home and manage the bike yep. for the entire yep. race distance. Yeah. And I think that that's something that Jack Miller is still struggling with. Um. And, and and I'm not sure that that is something that can really be at this point in his MotoGP career. I'm not sure if that's something he's going to figure out now. You know what I mean? I I think that's valid. I I think um, do I do you think he deserves that factory Ducati seat? <laughs> I think that was appropriate to possibly throw that one in at that point that moment. Um, I think this season he does. Okay. I think going into next season he does. Okay. Beyond 2022, um, I think that that really is going to depend on what Joanne Zarco looks like and what Jorge Martin looks like. Because Jorge Martin's having a pretty good year on a Ducati after a massive crash. Um, He did, he, you know, he came back and exercised some demons at this track, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, the crash that he had was, I don't want to think about it. Yeah, that was that was gnarly. That's cool. a nasty crash. So, so what do you think about about Jack Miller and the and the Ducati, the factor Ducati seat? Is that his? Is, should that be his seat? Um, I feel like 
he earned the chance to get it. Yes, I, I feel like he did. I, I think he performed well enough to get it. I think he's on the hot seat this year, though, this coming year, this next year. I, I think, to your point, I he's got to earn it. He won two races this year, so we I, I feel like we kind of overlook that a lot um, because of what Bagnaia has been able to do recently. But until that point, Bagnaia had not even won a race in GP, and Miller won, has now won three um and but if you were to tell if you were to give me a chance to lay money down on either one of those guys to win a race any given Sunday or a championship it's Bagnaya every time and i think he's on the hot seat this year so i i think he's earned the right to be there he did win two races this year what's he in the championship fifth um you know, and, and so I think I make the comment all the time. If you are on a factory bike, finishing lower than fifth is kind of unacceptable unless all factory bikes are in there. He's fourth in the championship. He's fourth in the championship by two points, yeah. Right, but he, he's ahead of Juan Sarko. So he's barely ahead of another Ducati rider. So you're you're absolutely right. Let's see what happens next year. Jack may win 10 races. We don't know, right? Like, you don't know. Well, let me ask you this. Let's let's rewind the clock back a little bit to that Mizano race where he was playing tail gunner for Pecco Benyayam. If Joe Anzarco is in that seat and he's in the same situation, do you think that he would, would have? No, not close. Right. No, so I, think, me, I think Jack Jack's probably the personality that you want there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Jack Miller really showed his willingness to be a good teammate in that that race. Yeah, um, Jack yeah. knew that he wasn't contending for the world title. He he knew that right. You know, he's not he's not going to be there, so he's just going to do what he can to help Ducati out. And I think that that's that at, that loyalty is one thing that um you know might might kind of sit well with Ducati for a while. But like you said, I mean, the the results have to be there too. They're they're not going to put yeah, up absolutely. with not yeah. being a champion, um, well, especially with the it, with the results that Pecco Benya is throwing at him right now. Sure, I mean, it, you know what? And it's everybody is going to everybody's light's going to dim next to Bagnaya right now, right? Like that's just it, it, there's not another rider on the grid right now that's in the same form as Bagnaya, and so. It's 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 a little bit harsh to judge Jack that way, but at the same time, Jack has nowhere near the points Bagnaya does for the season. So, you know, earn your keep next year because you know I I, I think he could I think he's a I think he's a great teammate for Bagnaya. I think that that paddock or that pit, uh, then Ducati's pit is it's they a good work atmosphere. together. It seems like it's, it's a good atmosphere. atmosphere. You don't want to mess with that chemistry too much. Um, so yeah, but if, if he's not anywhere close to the front ever, then you get, he's got to go, right? I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Well, um, yeah. but you know, we've talked about Jack, but don't sleep on Alex Marquez being the top finishing Honda in fourth. That was an unbelievable ride. Um, unbelievable yeah. weekend for Alex. He unbelievable. Was, he only missed the podium by, you know, five hundredths of a second. So that, yeah. I mean, fantastic, fantastic ride by Alex Marquez. And so it was just, that's a great segue into Mark Marquez, who missed this race 
is going to miss the next race and going to miss the Jerez test. <sighs> Bo, I sent you the little blurb that he damaged the same nerve that he damaged back in 2011. All the things that I was talking about with Marquez seem to be coming true. Um, we may see a truly premature end to the career of probably the greatest motorcycle racer that I've ever seen. I mean, really, really. Um, he did things on the motorcycle that no one else could do. He rode a motorcycle that no one else could, and he went incredibly fast. Um, but that all might be coming to an end very quickly. Yeah. Um, you can only crash so many times. Um, I agree with that. You've said it before. Um, we've talked about it numerous times. The fact that Marquez has no uh, self-control to a point, um, or or he is his self his level of self-control needs to be brought into check at some point, somehow, some way. It ne it needs to be. He needs a little bit more awareness about what's uh, about where he is and and the state in which he's in. Um, the yep. arm is not better. Nope. That's all there is to it. Now we've got another issue that has already happened once in your career. You've you've gotten a concussion. You've damaged that nerve again. Um, and, and you know, as soon as they started talking about the fact that he wasn't going to be in the race because he had the concussion. Um, and to me, it was just the whole nature about just reading about, it. obviously it wasn't there. Um, but you know, it was mentioned Marquez got a concussion in a dirt training accident. And I was talking to Ange and I said, why on earth are you riding? What are you doing to, you know, to, to injure yourself at that level? Um, you know, in a training accident and, and and I told her, I said, if I'm Honda right now, I, I'm absolutely furious with him, you know, for, for doing that and and going out there and, and taking that kind of a risk. But at the same time, um, I, I just don't, I, I told her, I told her, I said, there's something else going on. I said, there there has to be something else. It's not just a concussion. This was before the, uh, you know, the double vision came out. Um, right. Um, right. But, I, I think we all kind of knew. And, and I... It confirmed it for me as soon as I saw the announcement that he wasn't racing in the last race. That that said, oh, it's worse than they thought. But when they said he wasn't going to test, I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's serious. That's, that could be really serious because that's a brand new bike they're bringing, right? It's a, it, like you said, it's a Ducati Yamaha baby. Um, that he's supposed to be their, their lead rider and he's not going to test it. Yeah. And... That's really alarming. That's really troubling to me if I'm Honda. Uh, but even more so if I'm Mark Marquez, uh, you know, as a rider, what, what do you do? What do you do at this point? Uh, I mean, you've won eight world titles. You've physically proven that you are one of the greatest, if not the greatest raw talent to come through the MotoGP paddock. Ever. Without question, right? Um, it's without question. Right. You, uh, you know, what what do you have to prove, and are you willing to go out and prove that 
at all costs. I think... I mean, are those the questions think, that he needs to be asking right now? Yeah, Mark's going to have to look himself in the mirror because if he doesn't stop him himself from doing this, the mental approach of doing this, if he doesn't stop doing that, then his body is going to make that decision for him. And, man, you're a young guy with millions and millions of dollars. I say, come out, ride the last two years. If you can't win it, not crashing all the time, then, oh, well, take your money, go live your best life. Because there will be no shortage of people that want you to come and speak to come and make appearances, to come and do, there'd be no shortage of that. And you can go and not put yourself in a wheelchair when you're 35. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, there's there, He needs to have some serious conversations with himself because while blindingly fast, the things that make him blindingly fast also put him at extreme risk. And um, he could do it like no one I've ever seen. You know, Casey Stoner was also, if you ask the MotoGP riders, they'll tell you probably the most naturally talented rider to come through that paddock in years and years and years, um, maybe ever. But he didn't put himself at risk like Marquez does. He didn't crash nearly as much as Marquez. And it's just it's sad. And, and speaking of Casey Stoner, it was awesome to see him back in the paddock and I read an article that said both Bagnaya and Miller were, were, are willing to give up some of their salary to have Casey Stoner as their rider coach. Man, that's high praise, man. Yeah. It doesn't get any higher than that. It doesn't and, he carry just some like, – just to see him there, not even to hear, to hear him speak, but just, he carries such a presence about him. It really does. When you does. see him there, it's just – it's very – that you know you are 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 in the presence of something great, you know, and not to take anything away from Valentino Rossi, not to take anything away from any other rider that's in the paddock, but but to me, Casey Stoner is just special. Uh, I don't I don't know what it is. I think I think it was just because we he he was gone out of the grid before before he should have been gone, you know. I yeah, but here's the thing: I respected him so much more. For leaving on his own terms. Oh, absolutely. He said, I'm not doing it. I don't like this. I don't want to be a part of what this has become. I'm done. And I think I've mentioned that Honda tried to throw double the previous salary at him. And he was like, no, no, thank you. I'm all right. done. That no, to I, me, I really respect that. Yeah. <laughs> I respect that so much because he knew with the chronic fatigue and the, the fact that he just despised the media, yeah, the media the, obligations the, the, the and, dog and, the, and, pony and the publicity. Show about the whole thing. Yeah. He just wanted to ride and go fast. But unfortunately that level, he understood he couldn't just do that. So you know what he did? He didn't complain about it and get snarky and try to blow his bike up. You know what he did? He said, I'm going to retire. And he did. And you have to respect a man that, I'm going to do this because I don't believe in what it's become, and 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 he does it. I mean, the chronic fatigue syndrome is serious and really hampered him the last few years, 
I, I mean, I was reading about it. it. It's been awful for him, and I'm so glad that he's gotten better a little bit. Um, but what a personality, what a writer. Um, and if he can help Miller and Bagnaya, Ducati would be dumb not to try and bring him on if he's willing to do that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You have, yeah, if you've got already, you've presently got two MotoGP riders that are towards the front of the entire grid, arguably, right? Pekka Benya is yep. definitely at the tip of the spear at this moment, and Jack Miller's just a little bit yep. behind him, still working on it. Yep. And if they're telling you, as as your your team, they're saying, "Listen, we want this guy in our in our box. We want him in our pit box. We want him in a garage talking to us, talking about the bike." Because Casey Stoner also had the unique approach. You know, it wasn't about making the bike better. It was about adapting yourself around the bike, you know, and made the comment that riders, they they complain too much that the bike should be doing this and it should be doing that. Well, Casey Stoner's mentality is, okay, we'll go make the bike do that. Change what you need to change on the bike to make the bike do that. Yeah, and and but and it's not easy to do that, right? Like to be exactly. able to change your riding style is not easy, and the fact that he could do it just speaks to the talent that he yep, had naturally absolutely. on a motorcycle. Um, but you know, I, I think I, we mentioned Alex Marquez earlier with a great race, but this to me begs the question: If you're Mark Marquez, do you want Pola Spargaro in that garage, or do you want your brother in that garage? I want my brother you? in the garage. Yeah. I mean, Paul had a good finish. He had a sixth place. I, I said good because of what he's done the rest of the year, minus the podium. But I, I, I am surprised that Honda are going to stick with if they stick with Paul. I'm surprised they're letting him come back. I mean, I just I don't understand. He is not a good influence in that garage. Mark Marquez came back with one arm and won three races this year. This guy managed a podium because other people crashed out. I, I don't, I don't know. If I'm Mark Marquez, I start putting pressure on Honda. Listen, I want my we, brother in there. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Alex Marquez didn't get a fair shake at that factory Honda, and he did well. On he Honda didn't get to race one on. time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you he know. he came good at the end of the year. Much he came better than Polo Spargo is coming with the the, the bike, right? Yeah, like 100%, he put it on yeah. the podium twice. Yeah. He finished, you know, he had an unbelievable race with Renz at Aragon, whereas Pole finished second. Yes, he did, but he was way back, and he wasn't in a race for the win. You right. know what I mean? Like right. they, He wasn't going to win. So, well, I, mean, I, I guess that's neither here nor there. If you're talking about the Mazzano race, he also finished He also finished second because two people crashed out in front of him. Uh, I I agree. Um, speaking of crashing out, Iker Lekawona <laughs> takes out Miguel Oliveira and Red Bowling Flags the race. for KTMs. Man, do you think KTM told him it's okay? Good job. I don't think the conversation went that direction, and I think Hervé Pontcharol definitely was avoiding Akiyama. Pit Byra was cost. fired up about it. Yeah, Pit Byra was fired up. They interviewed him. He was fired up. He was very irritated with uh, Eaker. Um, but you know what? Eaker's not their problem after next week. So whatever. Yeah, that that's a problem that's kind of going to fix itself, uh, you know, in, in just a couple of weeks, yeah. like you'd said. Yeah. But they're going to start new. They've got two fan, amazing riders that are going to be stepping in, in Remy yeah. Garner and Raul Fernandez. And hopefully I, they I, can put a bike under them that's decent, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, 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 let's get rid of this dumpster fire you got going on right now and, and fix it. Um, okay. Looking ahead. 
to Valentino Rossi's last race. I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, any thoughts? I mean, uh, I, I feel like we know who the front runners are going to be. I, I think, um, I think this is a Yamaha style track. I think uh, Quattro will be right up there. Bagnaya, of course, maybe even Mir. Um, but I, I, I know it's not going to happen. But my hope in, in my heart is going to be that you know Franco Morbidelli is going to be feel be feeling a little bit better. But he just he doesn't have the strength yet in the knee. Um, no, and he's I'm, only got a week. He's not going to feel that. Yet. I, I'm really hey, listen. I wouldn't be mad if everybody pulled over on the last lap and let Rossi win it. I would not be mad. <laughs> I, I I don't care. I don't care about that. Like, like I get the sport and competition and I get all those things, but, uh, a lot of you are enjoying nice salaries because of that man. I'm going and, to go out uh, on a limb and say that not a lot of people are going to remember who finished where in this race, but I can guarantee you every single person is going to know what position yeah. Valentino Rossi finishes in. And every single camera is going to be on that man when he crosses the finish line. Well, I honestly, I was uh, about six months ago. I was seriously looking at going to that race. Um, I just couldn't make it work. Um, so I did the next best thing and just booked myself three days at CMP. Uh, but it was a lot cheaper than what I was trying to do. Um, but I couldn't get tickets to the area that I wanted to be in and. Um, I was just like, well, you know, it'd probably be a better view. I, I just wanted to be in the atmosphere to feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I and um, I don't think it's, yeah, that would be something to something special. It, it's definitely going to yeah. be something special. It is. But you know, he's, he's done so much for the sport, but, uh, it'll be his last race and he'll still be around the paddock. Obviously he's got his teams. Um, but, uh, it'll be different not seeing that 46 out there, but I, I do hope that, you know, his protege in Bagnaia uh, and uh, Inea Bastianini, um, the, those guys who are, you know, part of Italian and, and have been around Rossi, I hope that they can take that Italian torch and, and carry it forward with some real uh, uh, honor and good results and uh, plant that flag in a number of, of races last year or next year because... Man, the Spanish are coming, brother. Golly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's 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 going to be a great year, and uh, I look forward to watching the races this weekend. Yeah, man, definitely, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll try not to uh, spoil anything for you on Sunday morning as well. Throughout yeah, the day, no, Sunday it, too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that might be one where uh, I I watch it live. Uh, I might. I might have to skip the writers meeting. <laughs> Nobody said that. Um, but you know, I think, uh, for me, it just be, it'll be an end of an era, but all things change. Right. So we'll move forward We're it's in good hands. There are some phenomenal, phenomenal young riders on the grid right now. And the, the, the racing's never been closer. And I think, man, with the added uh, championship deciding race for Moto2 uh, and Moto3 being what it always is, it should be a great weekend. It should be a great weekend. So, I mean, with that, Bo, I think I'm, I've, I've got everything covered that I wanted to cover. Where are you? Yeah, man, this has been a good talk. Um, I've, I've enjoyed it. I, I think that we've 
kind of glossed over everything that we could gloss over. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, listen, I, you you know, you and I were talking about the shirts that are coming out. We do have shirts coming out for everybody that might be interested in a shirt. I'll put them up on our Instagram, but um, uh, it, it's a surprise. We're not going to tell you what it is, but it's a surprise. It'll be, I find it hilarious. I hope everybody else does too. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're parked in turn one, the number one, parked in turn, the number one. Um, on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, if you're listening, us, smash that like button, follow us, uh, maybe give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening, just to kind of raise our, um, what do you call it, our profile, our visibility. And uh, we definitely appreciate it. Well, I think with that, that's all we have for tonight. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, signing off with my man, Bo. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.